A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online. And built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio. Good evening. Um, I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot. Um, we're going to chat about Middlesbrough Football Club as always. Uh, Middlesbrough lost at uh, Pride Park to Derby County, two goals to nil. A game which saw George Savile uh, get sent off and disgraced uh, football. I'm going to say disgraced. Um, Tom Lawrence um, did the damage and pretty much secured the whole three points for the Rams. Um, we'll start things off, Dan. As always, uh, Millsbrook's performance, it was, forgive me, a bit of a car crash. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we lost again. Is anyone surprised? No. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game. I turned the radio off as soon as we went 1-0 down because I think <laughs> as soon as we go 1-0 down, you know what's going to happen. The best that we can get out of the game is a draw and even that's a bit, you know, it's it's pretty unlikely. Um yeah, it was. I mean, we watched back the goals just then, and just defending, non-existent defending. You're letting, you know, a player with with pace and trickery, and you know, he's in good form actually. Tom Lawrence, um, just run past you and, and score. It's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. But it's it's nothing new, really, is it? This oh, season. Yeah. Imagine what Tom Lawrence would be like if he didn't have any alcohol in his system. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is just the Tom Lawrence uh, breakdown, is it? It is, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> no, he deserves uh, it. But to be fair, Middlesbrough could have took the lead very, very quickly in the game in the first minute. Britt Samalonga took on the goalkeeper, had the goal gaping wide open, and he missed. <laughs> so, Els, is he unlucky? Her- no. Horrendous miss? Yeah, horrendous. I'll, I'll just yeah. Let you, I'm just going to say Brits miss, and I'll let you go elaborate from it. Yeah, so Brits miss. Um... I don't know if it's worse than Ashley Fletcher's, but it's definitely up there for one of the worst I've probably seen as a, as a Borough fan. It, there's so many points during it. You can watch it back in slow motion and you think there's five times where he could have shot and on the sixth, sixth time was the time when there's then two defenders in the way. It's That's just the thing, so isn't stupid, it? It's like yeah. by the time that he... Like, he gets the ball, there's one, there's like one defender coming across to cover and by the time he shoots, there's two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get why he's trying to compose himself after yeah. he's, took, he's stuck on the goalkeeper. Like, surely, you just that's like, I mean. I think open that's goal, no one's in it, just slotted in. Like, it's not hard. Any other striker, just that's, you know, sort of got confidence in them and, and on form, they just hit as soon as they get around the keeper. 
Mm. It just shows how bad our season's been and how bad yeah. our miss compilation is going to be at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was a great tweet. Uh, I, I don't know who put it out between the, the barriers, but um, <laughs> uh, fair play. Then it was more of the season review where it's all our missiles. Oh, God, yeah. There it's was some that I'd forgotten. It's only November. <laughs> there was some that I didn't even put in either, like Brit's penalty I didn't realise um, how bad the, the Chef Wed ones were until I seen that because obviously I only seen it from down the other end. It didn't seem as bad. Yeah, and you um, see it in your half cut as well. Yeah, true. It's, yeah, so. it's the first one where Brit, like, it's almost across Kieran Westwood and he doesn't get enough, he doesn't get the right contact on it and it just treacles wide. Like, I, I thought, like, thinking back, maybe the position of Westwood to put him off. Look back, absolutely no chance. He should have buried that in the back of the net and he didn't. Fair enough. After that, though, um, after the Brit miss and our horrendous shooting, um, there's a red card for George Savile, not really helping himself with the fans at the minute. <laughs> um, I like to say he's been playing quite well, actually, in, until that red card. But red cards, could you not see a... Could, actually, is it a fair red card? And two, could you see Mills were coming back from it after they went, ten, went to 10 men? I think it was a fair red card, yeah. Um, I mean, it was a bad pass into Savile, to be fair. But it was. Um, as soon as you you sell your teammate short like that, you you are always asking for trouble. Um, and I was saying to you as before we went on air that I think there's you know Savile has that sort of streak in him. I think that little bit of aggression um, on the ball. I think he's he's capable of it, and we saw it. And it just you know stacks up the the um, suspension and, and injury war, doesn't it? It do, it doesn't help. Obviously, we will get coming out today and having a list of players that full shopping list potentially list. Uh, so, so it's a shot and friends, uh, milk, eggs. Oh, sorry, that's <laughs> my shopping list. <laughs> um, but no, it comes to the first question really, um, and it's about personal changes and change to the system. Um, Sean Fox came uh, tweeted in and said, um, "Has a change of system made us better?" Um, or as Woody keeps saying, appreciate we were scoring goals under this four-three-three system. But since we've changed to more of a three-five-one-one, um, we've played four games, haven't scored a goal, and conceded four. Um, so has the system made us better, or has it really just made us worse? Because you need sco- you need to score goals to win games. Yeah, it's shored us up defensively, um, but just hasn't helped our attacking threat at all. But there's not much else we can do. We have a serious lack of squad depth. Um, the injuries and now suspensions are, are piling up. Um, and there's just a real dearth of quality. There's, you just think, oh, well, we'll change it up and we'll put him in. Him doesn't exist. There's no one else really we can put in. There's no extra sort of um, attacking players we can put in, really. So um, it's quite hard to even think, you know, on on the weekend um, when we do our lineups later on, to even think, you know, are we going to stick with this five three two? Knowing fine well, we're probably not going to score from it, um, because it's just because even switching back to four three three, it's just going to be there's not going to be enough not numbers for it, essentially. But it's just yeah, it's hard to I guess put a system of what's going to work well. To be honest, um, I think it's quite tough for, for we'll get at the moment um, of what he's going to do. So it'll be quite interesting to see. I think it. I do agree it's it showed us up defensively. I think it's it would be looked at better had we finished the chances that we really should have done. Because yeah. you think about the amount of sitters that we've you know, we we've had since changing to, you know, three at the back. Um we've gotten into the right positions but we just can't score for Toffee and I think, you know, it's it's just a confidence thing at the moment. I do think that three five two is like the way to go forward, so 
I think he's a good formation for us. The the Red Army guys put out a post All right, yeah. before. <laughs> All right, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, laugh, God. sorry. <laughs> laughs, yaf, yeah. gaff. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for playing laughs, gaff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but they, they put out a post before the West Brom game um, saying how many points do you think we'll get from the next four. Um, I think there was a poll in there as well and not many people put two. Um, I think people hadn't realised it was kind of that bad at that point um, and things can kind of change. And it's become very bleak in the past game or two um, and kind of everyone almost seems like you know we're going to go down um but you know th- people were saying then you know like six points and stuff um and you look back and you think about it really and you think how did we ever think we were really gonna i mean we could have really if you think yeah. you've created more chances against fulham if you put that way against huddersfield but um yeah we've came out with two points out of those four games and mm. it's probably what we've deserved as as performances have, have went really but with Huddersfield being unbeaten in seven games now and standing yeah, with it, which, exactly, was, yeah. which we we all thought would potentially happen. Yeah, um, yeah. So then I'm going to ask you a pretty much an impossible question here. How is the Mills return it around? You know, there's, there's no wins in eight. The, the performance million, the million dollar the, question. Yeah, the, the million dollar question, really. Or the billion dollar question, <laughs> however you want to play it these days. And a billion dollar game it is now. Um, but how is the Mills return it around? You know, we haven't been winning games. Confidence seems low. The inexperience is starting to show a little bit on the touchline and with the press conference as well, which I, you know, I could be lying here, but it, it, we might not be. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, how, how how do we turn it around? The sad thing is, is I don't think there's much we can do to turn it around. I think, you know, we can't all of a sudden just randomly acquire a player to like spearhead the recharge of our season. You know, we've got to wait till January for that. So I think. At present, honestly, it's just biding, biding our time and hoping that, that something just falls for us. Um, you know, a, a really good win at That's the weekend. Right, scrapping points, don't we? Yeah. Just, yeah. We just need to win somehow. And, you know, we could easily sack wood gear, but it's not going to do anything. It's not going to make any notable difference. So I think for now, it's it's literally just biding our time and hoping that the confidence comes through somehow. Just mm. pray. <laughs> think, yeah, think, We've just got to pray. Yeah, I think to, to chip in on that, I think there literally is isn't much we can do. And, and normally, you know, in, in any situation, you can't you can't replace the the full team because um, you know it's outside of the transfer window. Um, and obviously, what teams normally do is get rid of the manager during that point. But you know, what what we're we going to do then is um, it comes back to the question of all the time of who's available. Um, we clearly didn't have the money to go for a uh, bigger acquisition and we went for the kind of cheaper option anyway, so why would we go back on that now? Um, and you'd probably have to pay Wood get out of a contract. Um, what, three, man, four months into it, out of a three-year contract, he's you know he's going to be required some payment there. So um, Although it might seem like people do want him to, to be sacked and, yeah, it just it wouldn't make sense for the club to do it and that's why I just can't see it happening, but... What do they change? It's just got to be mm. like maybe what the, the rumours have been going around that um, it's an additional coach coming in. I think that's the only thing that can kind of influence mm. something. Yeah. Um, so Jack Ross and Steve Round have been mentioned over the last couple of weeks. Jack Ross was at the game and we lost against Fulham one nil, and the rumours essentially came around and they said, "Oh, he's going to be part of the trip, the coaching staff," which was pretty much bullshit, to be honest. There um, was another one flying about on the weekend as well I can't think who it was um, there is Steve oh, it was like Harry Kewell Harry Kewell I don't that know that account has got people on strings by the way that is 
pulled right, right from yeah, their rectum. I don't know why he would do that, to be fair. Yeah, that it seemed a bit I tell you what, we'd have a, if Harry Kuehl, Robbie Keane, Johnny Woodgate were and our coach and staff, we'd have a great team if it was 2003, wouldn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, wasn't a dig either, to be fair. <laughs> get some signed up for the Masters, uh, Masters football. Yeah, it'd be a great <laughs> team. They'd probably still do a job as well, but it's... It's, I, I want to ask you that question because it seems like everyone's trying to have the, the two cents on everything and just be like, oh, well, you know what? Well, if we sack, we'll get, we'll get someone else in. We'll, we'll get Jose Mourinho in and he'll change our season. We need to overhaul the whole squad, which I think we need to do. I think Danny Ayala came in and said that Millsbury is starting to change the ways a little bit from yeah, yeah. what we have been. And For me, that kind of says he's probably going to go in probably January time. I think we'll be able to afford his salary. Probably be on still a a high salary compared to people in the championship as well. Um, Clayton, I think he'll go as well. I think there's exactly getting in the team as well now. There's so. quite a lot of players who are probably going to have to go. And if I'm honest, I think it's gonna as crazy as it sounds. Even if it's so early in the t- so early in the season, if we got relegated, you probably have to accept it because there's nothing really what we can do. There's nothing. There's nothing much if we've got no money coming into the club. Um, people are starting to turn their backs anyway and some things just aren't clicking I think with Woodgate and Robbie Keane and Danny Coyne and, and Leo there is experience there but there's not the right experience what you need to to change games as footballers they could change games especially Robbie Keane and Johnny Woodgate like they were two top class professionals I love Danny Coyne and Leo but you know they haven't had as amazing careers as probably them two Um they have done it on the pitch, but off the pitch, it's a completely different uh, kettle of fish, to be honest. And it, it interests me why no one still hasn't done that mm. incentive of go to the, it's on the halfway line because I'll see a game completely different to anyone else. Um, but it's it's interesting. There's gonna there's gonna have something's gonna have to give or change. And director, of, I think if we brought a director of football or in a football in, I think that's a, a good step. I think because we need that connection. I think Gary Dillon, everything. Hadrian Bevington haven't done anything really. They just went, oh yeah, well we're skint, so I'm not going to buy anyone. Great. Well, like, did you hear, did you see what Pulis said? Basically saying that the whole Gary Monk spending settles yeah. back. But they like what I was saying after reading that article is how can we after the whole spending spree of Gary Monk, can we then spend 15 million pounds on two players yeah. under Tony it's, Pulis? I mean, fair enough, we sold players, but we didn't invest that wisely. Flint isn't at the club anymore. Mentioned Aidan Flint again, Borough Breakdown Bingo. That's about the 11th time I've mentioned Aidan Flint on this podcast. And then Savile hasn't. He, he hasn't. Yeah, you know, has, re- hasn't came in. Well, the, thing, the, the issue is, uh, is I was speaking to Dan, um, my, my boss, I work about it, isn't uh, The issue we have is, is fees themselves to the clubs probably are not as relevant as we think they are because you can always recuperate that. It's the salaries that, you, that kill you. So, like, Braithwaite was 60 grand, Brit, so long as it's about 60 grand. Darren Randolph, he wouldn't have came cheap. He came from a Premier League club, Premier League wages. He'll want something this similar to that. Marvin Johnson probably came on a much higher salary than when he wasn't at Oxford. You know, so the salaries have probably killed us, and now they've done the damage. Really, we're probably still paying most of Braithwaite's salary when we we're in the championship. When we we're still in the championship, so that's what baffles me about contracts. Obviously, I, I do agree with you on the salaries. I think they probably kill you more than the transfer fees themselves, um, but. I mean, it's a, I guess it's part and parcel of the game, but I guess we, I guess question it right now. But why do players get 
given such long contracts have. I guess it's kind of a thing of security more than anything. But yeah. I guess maybe that's why we did it with Baller this year, where it's like, right, you're just having a one-year contract impresses in a sense, because then that you're not, you're not tied into, you know, if you have to Absolutely. sell someone on a year later, you don't have to pay them out of the contract in a sense. Um, when you get people on three to five-year contracts and they only last a year and it hasn't worked out for them, you have to pay them out. It's how much money are you wasting there? Yeah, to be fair, the the years of the five years, five year deals are probably going to go from championship and below. I think you'll only see it really at top Premier League level where you see like the likes of Raheem Sterling. They've got unlimited money. Exactly. To, to and, with, yeah. and to be fair, we're not in that position anymore. And it's it does. Qu- I do question where the money's like pissed off to. Like it's yes, it is salaries, and we have but we've recuperated quite a lot of cash in that time. And, Yes, Gibson's investing a million pound a month, which was quoted by the Gazette, by the way, which could be, we don't really, know, they don't really know the full figure, and probably the only person that knows is Steve Gibson himself, but we don't know everything, we don't know what's going in, we don't know what's going out, we don't know how many salaries are getting paid, but what we do, what we do know is we know there is players on there on a significant wage, like Rudy Gestead, putting about 30 bags, and he's just doing nothing, he's our, he's our Jack Rodwell in the sense, really. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's it's interesting though it's it's a never, never ending cycle really. We could put the t- we could put a tweet out and say how do you stop it, and then see what people think. But I guarantee people are saying Sack will get or Sack Gibbo. Yeah. Gibbo needs cash because he can't invest anymore. He's skinned mm-hmm. in comparison to different people, and he's pretty much like if I was Gibson, no, I'd be like, oh well, I've invested million millions and millions of pounds in this academy, and I've. Well, I'd say not what fifty-five players come through it. Like, come on, you've been you've been chairman for about over thirty years, thirty-four years. I can understand it, but I don't know, mate. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of them as well, and I know it doesn't always have to be about money, but in a sense, it does. Like that, you know, Gibson doesn't have the money anymore. The only thing, as we as we've kind of alluded to here, is the only thing we can kind of do to really change it is have the money to change it. You know, if we suddenly got a, a buyer now, um, you know, a Chinese buyer or some Abu Dhabi or something like that, we'd be able to buy players in January that they wanted to get better coaching staff, um, better facilities. You know, money makes it all mm. go around, doesn't it? Really, even though for some clubs it can it can kind of get through without that, but it it does then come down to the quality of the players they've got and the, the strong group mentality. And I don't think we've got that either. I think even when watching, um, I watched the Barnsley game uh, on Friday night. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, against Bristol City and you know the team spirit there showed to come back from 2-0 down I couldn't imagine Borough doing that at home against yes. someone I, I no. can't picture it so and that's the thing even Barnsley were saying they're probably one of the worst teams and us probably have poor quality in the squad but you know they probably believe in themselves that they can stay up and they're going to fight and scrap for every um, last point but at the moment when you watch Borough it doesn't even seem like we're doing that so no heads drop as soon as we go 1-0 down isn't it yeah. and it was yeah. at the West Brom game I was at as soon as um, Hal Robson Carney scored it was like okay well game over then because yeah. the amount of players that were on the floor like pick yourself up and, and go on and try to like get something out of the game that you obviously believe that you deserve to get get out of the game because uh, you know we played alright there but it was just yeah. that Heads dropped as soon as we went one nil down. You see them walking back confident. over to kick off, and it's like really lethargic, isn't it? And yeah. I, I know it, it. It is probably really difficult. It it gets you down, doesn't it? Especially yeah. if you're out there on the pitch and you know, there's pressure and everything. But yeah, that's what you're getting paid. However much you're getting paid to do, isn't it? So yeah. Do you think that Millsworth issues comes down to a l- potential lack of competition, especially with like the strikers as well? Because Britt and Fletcher probably know they're going to play every week, and I think that 
is a bit of a fundamental aspect of the mentality of footballers where if they know they're going to play, they can perform however they want and they'll still be in the team the following week. I think what's interesting is that Manchester City, I don't know when, a billion miles away from Manchester City, um, but Pep Guardiola brought in Gabriel Jesus to challenge Sergio Aguero and now... They're both scoring all the time. Like you, you can't take them out of the team because they just continue to score. Um, so we got a couple of questions in, actually, from um, Paul Ackley. Ackley was the main question. I'm going to probably push on it. Is it time for Steve Walker to potentially start instead of Britt? And, like, say, you know what, you haven't been scoring. I'm going to give the young lad a chance. Or Burnell as well in the, in the under-23s while he scored against Manchester United on Monday yeah, night. Did, yeah. So he, he hasn't stopped scoring. So is it time to, like, potentially put them in the team as well because Tyron O'Neill came from Darling, came back from Darlington as well today so I think he scored 7 goals in 17 games or something mm-hmm. so there's young lads around in, in the academy so is it time to put them in instead of the likes of Britain and uh, Fletcher it's a difficult one isn't it because you don't want to put them in too early but at the same time you know what's got to give you know you've got to look and think right Fletcher's not scoring Brit's not scoring do we go to Steve Walker? Steve Walker. I, I I don't know. I think it's it's. I mean, Steve Walker's someone I'd like to see play because you know, having looked at his little highlights reel from like the under 18s and whatnot, he does look a really good player. But is it the right time? I don't think it is. But at the same time, the question that we said before, you know, what what changes? How do we change? Yeah, exactly. It? Is that an option and to it's, change? It's the it? It, the mind games of it all. I think so. If he you know, if he gets a chance to start at the weekend. He's going to be absolutely rare to go. Do you know what I mean? It's his first, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. might be his first start league start because I think mm-hmm. he played obviously the, in the game against Crew. But you know what I mean? His first league game, and you know, Woody's can obviously say, you know, go out there and impress me. I've given you the chance of, over these two because they're just not, they're not scoring. Um, and then it also gets in their heads of, but yeah, he's put, how, how old is he? 18? He's put an 18 year old kid in, in front of us. They need to book up their ideas basically. And, but, and they'll know, they'll know how bad the misses are. Do you know what I mean? Over the past couple of weeks, Fletcher and, and Sam Longer. So. Yeah, I think it could be. It could work, to be honest. Yeah. I can't think, see what else we could do, really. Mm. Well, and if Britt, if Brit wanted to go, he's not doing himself any favors to be oh, fair, exactly, with yeah. all those misses. So yeah. it's mm. kind of a, a bit of a. It could have a, an adverse effect though on Britt, Britt and Fletcher. So it, it could, could yeah, them up. It could be like, well, we're, we're being kicked out of the team by an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, it could have an adverse effect, but it's kind of <laughs> it's one of the only things we can influence, really. So I think it's uh, it's worth a go, isn't it? To mm. uh, and obviously you're going to say to them, look, it's not a case of you dropped forever. It's just a kind of, you know, Pulis today. I don't know, whatever, whatever he says in the man management side of it, Pulis needs to emulate that. Uh, sorry, Woodgate needs to emulate that. Because yeah. Pulis did it with him where he where he dropped him. And then he, you know, every time he came on, he looked like he was absolutely raring to go. So. Yeah. Do anyone listen, any of you listen to the Ian Holloway podcast with Tony Pulis? I didn't no, know. I didn't no, know. I didn't. Oh, I actually thought it was quite interesting, to be fair. Um, there's nothing much to say. It's more or less of when... He was saying about the man management side of things. He'd have a sit, he'd sit down, have a green tea with Adama, and Adama <laughs> still rings him apparently as well. Who knew? Oh, I read um, it. I read the yeah, like, transcript in the Gazette. Yeah, Bamford yeah. didn't want to leave. We had to sell him for Sean. It was just it was it was kind of trying to make excuses up a little bit, but I kind of felt like a bit more like he did a, he did a good job with what he had. And now we're looking back at it in hindsight because when we look at it now, we're thinking, Jesus Christ, we are awful and he kind of yes the train must have been horrendous to probably be going like sort of under peerless but 
it's kind of like well fair play you, you got us to I reckon it was probably almost the case where I guess what you were saying I, I'm not I, I got best sorry I'll start that again I bet most people in football aren't um, you know bad people that a lot of people will be nice and you were saying that about oh, Tony really Curtis when you yeah. met him yourself and, and I reckon he would have been a nice a nice manager a good man manager um, but it's just obviously and, and players came out and said it themselves you know it wasn't the greatest football um, and, and got the style of it but they're probably still kind of respected and they probably still liked being under him in a sense um, and that I don't know maybe not just the age difference but just the way um, he conducted himself it was just kind of an authoritative authoritative figure so it's a hard word though yeah i can't say it i can't say it authoritative there's too many t's but yeah um i think yeah i do agree with you on on peerless in a sense where you can look back now in hindsight and be like you know um he did did well with what he had but at the same time i still thought it was the best i think still thought it was the best time for change when it was getting the end of it um and i still I don't kind of think it was still the best decision to go with Woodgate. I think that wasn't the, the what fans wanted. We wanted rid of Pulis, but then you wanted someone. The majority of people were kind of like, you know, we want then Yukanovic or you know the names that were flying about at the time, um, different types of projects like Michael Reisiger and so on. Um, but then, you know, people were still quite optimistic when we got Woodgate. We kind of seen it as a project ourselves. But when you look back now and you kind of analyse it and you think, in terms of experience, not just for the the coaching team and, and Woodgate himself but for the players you can kind of see why it went wrong really but at the time you're quite optimistic as as you are as a fan of your own club you think oh Marcus Brown might actually be this you know when, you, when you're watching back your highlights from Oxford you think oh he's going to come in and tear the championship apart and then really he's not any of that level so highlight highlight reels a <laughs> dangerous thing in it a very dangerous <laughs> goal machine Warriors goal machine, Fonzo always. Um, but we've had so many questions on on this similar subject for Johnny Woodgate and the project, and if it's time for him to essentially depart. I know you said you have to pay him up a contract, which we don't really know what he's on. So it might yeah, be I, I don't know now. how contracts and clauses but work, apart from the you know yeah, football so managers, the extent of my knowledge, it could be a <laughs> lot different how yeah. it is in real life. So, so we've got questions from Mark, Danny, and and Dean, and I want to touch on. Ian's more than anything. Um, so we've got what we're going to do. So would you sack Woodgate now and just be done with what he's doing and then bring a new manager in? Or do you give him until January um, see what he's doing and then like if he's not, if things haven't improved, do you have to give him the boot? Because I did. I think you have to try and stay in this division this year. You have to do it. Um, I think it would be disastrous if we got relegated. So the floor is yours, guys. Would you sack him? Would you not? No, I wouldn't sack him. And I know it's call me delusional, but I am still actually behind Woodgate. I think my annoyance is more aimed at like you know the players and the the team above him, because um, they've sold him down the river really. But I would give him till January because look at the options that we've got. I mean, there's barely yeah. a squad there. Like it's it must be hard for him to to try and conjure up this confidence with a group of players that, for one, I don't think a lot of them suit the system that we're trying to play. Two, I don't think a lot of them are are even good enough in the first place. You know, there's there's players there that I think, you know, Ryan Shotton was was halfway through the door, he was going to go to Wigan, you had, um, who was it, Marvin Johnson. I don't think anybody expected him to be anywhere near the the team, the club, um, in the summer, and then all of a sudden he's, he's become a starter. Um, Paddy McNair 
even you know was linked with I think was it Celtic at one point you know they were they were hot on his tail so I think it's you know he's got a really kind of mismatched squad to work with and I think that if that's addressed in January which I, I don't have the confidence really that it will because um, we've had bad transfer window after bad transfer window but he needs to be given that time um, and as well like I've mentioned so many times there needs to be change um, at a higher level at Borough and around Jonathan Woodgate in order for him to try to be successful Would you would you sack him though if, if, if results don't improve? I still wouldn't because I mean who do we bring in? Who would who would want the job? It's a poison chalice at the moment and That was my next question to be fair was the next question oh. who would you bring in if you sacked him? I, I don't really know not a, a lot of names about until kind of you know um, we're looking really because you know some names crop up out of nowhere don't they when when it comes around like Alan Kirbishley and that and you think are they actually Alan still Pardew, in yeah. David you, you see these names and you think you kind of forget about them um, but that's the thing I'd, I, yeah I don't think there'll be many out there where you think oh yeah I'd have him um, so it's just I don't know because it's, it's usually the one where I think I'd want is uh, a not unknown name. When we were, and I know it kind of seems weird, but you know when we get linked with this, we got linked with a um, Bundes, Bundesliga two manager, was it at one point over the summer? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, there's a little Norwich project we're going to start, but um, yeah. obviously it was all geared all along, really, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, I kind of echo Dana's points. Um, I. <laughs> It's difficult because you think if we actually do drop to the foot of the table, we actually go bottom, um, and say we we pick up, I don't know by January, how many points we're on twelve, um, we've only picked up say five points or something stupid, then it's and we're you know ten points from safety. It's kind of like it depends on how bad the situation is mathematically. Um, I think it'll be then decided on if the trigger's pulled or not. It would just um, be bad decision but then after but bad decision. Yeah, but that's what I think. But that's just kind of like, yeah, I don't think it'll happen. And I'm, I'm hoping and praying we can sort of stay within touching distance and, and keep ourselves above water, mm. in a sense. Um, but it's, you know, if it gets disastrous and, you know, you're basically just almost as if you've started the season on minus points or something, you just wear drift from everyone. Then what else can you do? It's... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a tough one because I I don't think we should sack him currently now either. I think he, like Dana said, he's been sold down the river a little bit. He's got a mismatched squad. He's had one um, transfer window. All right, he hasn't been spot on with tactics and some decisions and and sort of the ways um, handled the media and, and press conferences and so on. But he's a, he's a rookie in in the, in the manager's job. We we knew that when he came on, so I don't know what we were expecting really. Um, so I think January the team above him have to help him out a lot and get players in that he wants um, and then if it still isn't working sort of four or five games in to those players coming in and they're not even safe you know if, if it's worked the same where they're just getting on the bench all the time and the hit players that's he, that he's wanted then you've got to say well it isn't working It is weird though that like people seem to go straight to blaming Jonathan Woodgate who I think is I think it's just an easy, m- yeah, it's an easy blame. choice, isn't it? Because it's, yeah. it's not. That's I mean, you can't sack the full team. You've, you, you know, you really sack the manager. And well, that's the thing. Like, I'm not yeah. seeing a lot hard, of. Yeah. I'm not seeing a lot of like criticism of the full team who that I think has let him down so oh, many yeah, times. Definitely, yeah. But it's all we'll get out, we'll get out, we'll get out, and I don't think it helps that we'll get seems to have a reputation. 
and I yeah. think people don't like him anyway. So yeah, it's that's the thing. Like... That's the thing. You've got to kind of look beyond that. I'm not his biggest fan personally, and just kind of just from things you know from over the years, and you just think, well, I'm trying to. I'm not even trying. I, I just do it anyways. I'm the kind of person who sits on the fence, but it, I'm not even looking at it from that point of view. I'm looking at it quite fairly and thinking, well, um, you know, it's it's not all down to him. Yeah, all he's not a great mastermind tactician. Um, but the players have been awful this year. There've been spurts of of good performances from players, and other than that, everyone's been shocking. The the strikers misses um, have been poor. The defending has been woeful. Um, the midfield and transition, like we've we've seen so many times, just hasn't worked at all. Um, and you know, you can only only do so much, can't you? Like you said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> some of these misses, if they actually did go in, um, it'd look a lot different, and we'd be in a different place in the table. And then it, no one would be saying, "Oh, Woodgate's clueless," would they? Because it's it's not really him that's clueless, because he, he he's the one that didn't miss the chances. Yeah. So yeah, you can't you can't score for them, and yeah. that's why I think that the criticism is quite harsh and quite unfair because yeah I don't think it was the right decision to come out last week and say something completely delusional about the table which has turned us into more of a laughing stock than we already are it was great content for us though when you've been living off that content this week a lot of people have haven't they because every every tweet I seem to scroll down my timeline and it's like you're lying (laughs) the table's lying but um, yeah, that wasn't the best of things to say. I know he's trying to like exude this confidence in his team, but yeah, that was a bit bit yeah. of a stupid comment. I, I, I think sometimes you just got to be honest. Like yeah, that's what I mean. If he was just honest and just and uh, so he has been most score. he has been most of the season as well, where he's been quite you know upfront in the way he said things. But that just kind of as if it was you're trying to just make it out as if we're not in a dire situation and we are. I feel like sometimes positive reinforcement just does not work. Yeah. Like, mm. Pulis absolutely laid into Brit for a full season and he was returning with goals like all of the yeah, time. He, he was always quite negative as well when we were like top two, wasn't he? Um, yeah. So, so it... Uh, well, maybe that's somewhere that we'll get needs to improve then. Well, we, with PR. It's, it's more or less of the... I think as a manager you have to, you have to be protective of your players because they essentially dictate your job because it doesn't matter what if their performances are poor everyone will look at you anyway regardless because you've set them up you've given the confidence you've done all the tactics to ensure that they're prepared for that game if they now if they don't implement your like strategy then that you'll never know that as a fan because you'll think oh well it was we'll get a strategy but really it could be the players that could be implementing the wrong strategy or confidence could be low um, but in terms of we'll get, I think he has to say like what he really thinks and say like look Brit is not doing it for me he needs to prove a point because quite frankly it's just not working at the minute and so what if he hates it like so what like it, the truth actually hurts sometimes like we slag people off on this podcast and we're just saying like how it is and we're saying our opinion football's an opinionated sport like you might think Brit Sombolong is amazing I might think he's horrendous I personally think he's, his technical ability as football is absolutely brutal. I think he's awful. But I mean, like, if normally if he's in the box, so I would probably back him to score because he's a goal scorer. But he hasn't been scoring lately. So, but in terms of Woodgate, do you sack him? It's like, well, if the table, if the team's starting to turn on you, and the confidence is really low. Then you and performances and our league position are poor. Then. Why are you trying to do a project or an experiment that is clearly not working on the football pitch and continue to do it? But not yet. 
that's the thing it's not working yet but what Elliot said I think you were having a conversation with Dave off, off air a few weeks ago where it was he was saying that Borough go forward with a project and then they scrap it yeah they scrap, scrap it, it they, they hit it the pause yeah. button then hit the stop button and then just chuck it in the bin mm. I don't think we can do that again yeah so that's why I was saying like if you bring in a director of football and you've got like you, you essentially create the identity and then you build and you always bring managers in on how you want to play um, like like the Norwich scenario funny enough I've seen that Norwich are in a loss of 38 million this year did you know that? You know that so didn't spend anything this summer, did they? <laughs> nah, well, so, yeah, wages are in it. Wages yeah. and True, yeah. running costs, so that's how it all builds up. So, yeah, what project is that, eh? eh? <laughs> bottom of the champion, bottom of the Premier League. Um, bottom of the championship. <laughs> bottom of the championship, but... Uh, I mean, I don't know why we're worried anyway. We're top of the Premier League. We're kind of BT Sports. Yeah, we're top of the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> amazing, by the way, when they've done that. How can you get Liverpool mixed up with Middlesbrough, by the way? Yeah, I'm on board getting on. I've still got Ravinelli and Emerson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're top six out there. We're going to San Roberto or Carlos. Um, Put a 10 million bid in for Ronaldinho. Well, <laughs> that I actually happened once, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, looking back now, it just makes me want to cry in my sleep like. yeah when you said a million miles away from uh, Man City and you think you know after beating them 8-1 how different both clubs um, futures went I was thinking yeah. that then yeah well Pep didn't beat us in the league so mm-hmm. you can spend all your billions <laughs> and you still can't beat us no matter how crap we are um, <laughs> would you bring would you bring Karanga back I knew this was going to go I was talking to, I was tweeting Ian about this did you see it I, 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 I didn't see it and but the reason why I was saying it is because that tweet I put up is still getting likes and retweets of the one where we put forth Cranker's face in, in the frame and <laughs> whatever I said it, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I tell you what, sorry, I'm, sorry, but go on. I'm like one of his biggest fans, and uh, and even and even me, uh, you know, as one of his biggest fans, I still wouldn't bring him back because I just think the timing and and everything's just off, and it's it's nostalgia, and I think, um, I think. It's more the case of that we sacked him at the wrong time and we sacked one of the best managers we've ever had, to be personally honest. And I just think, yeah, you can look back and you think, oh, we'll get him in, it'll save us. But I don't think, he, I don't even think he could work with this squad. Um, it's just, yeah, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think um, when the you know the kind of million dollar question is, um, you know, what can be done to change? I don't think it's down to changing the manager or changing the players. It's about adding staff now. Um, to the coaching team to change it, but yeah, it's a good question about Karanka, and I, and I, I'd yeah, actually love to kind back. of see it, but it's yeah. it's um it's just one of them. I think the ship sailed, and even me as one of his biggest fans, I just I don't think it'd work. You were saying the poison was starting under Karanka, Dana. Yeah, I think it was. Um, at least it was there. Um, you know, I I literally ran a whole list of like what what had happened under Karanka. He, listen, he was, he was like Mourinho, wasn't he? And he, he had that Mourinho mentality and all oh, that's fine because like, you're a born winner, you want to win. It can rub players up the wrong way. And yeah, I know what you were saying on the, the chat that like managers follow up players all the time, but it seems to be quite public with Karanka and it did bring up this toxicity at the club and I don't think we've really got away from that. And, you know... He was lucky to stay in a job after the the Charlton debacle, um, and I just think that we haven't quite gotten rid of that mentality. It's always been there, and um, 
Yeah, I, as much as I do love Cranker for what he did, um, you know, you know my Borough upbringing, first season ticket got relegated, so it was a welcome change to actually see Borough do good, and he was a reason for that. I think that's even more so why I think um, when I'm saying best manager ever to you, it definitely is as well, because oh, yeah. um, we obviously seen this sort of success under Steve McLaren well, as well, but I just think McLaren wasn't I just great. Think, I just think the identity and mm. formation and tactics and everything we had un- under Caranco was just great just individual moments and obviously there was downsides like you say in the um, falling out of players and, and so on but there was just some individual moments where you just think it was absolutely brilliant like going away to Brighton winning 3-0 and they were unbeaten all season class, yeah. and it was just an absolute yeah like you said an absolute masterclass and yeah um, the only kind of dream of something like that happening now that's, that's what it is it's, it's, it's now, another so. dream isn't it I think we're trying to cling on to anything that we can in order for Borough to kind of roll back the years and get that back again but the question earlier about competition I was thinking about it the other day and Karanka seemed to have two players per position Yeah, and yeah. that was enough for him and it was good because you had somebody hot on your heels yeah, yeah. To, to kick you out of that, that role so and I think that yeah, what's been like it since is that we've had a very disrupted squad in terms of positions we're playing people out of positions because we don't have someone yeah. in that position and then in other positions we have too many players and as you know centre midfield FC yeah. so um, and then we haven't had right and left backs we have got them in but we don't want to play them we'll play centre back, centre mids instead or centre backs or whatever um, so yeah it is a bit all over the place um, with the squad but what are you going to do should we leave the happy place now yeah Come back at y'all. Come home. The kids miss you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, there was there was things there was things. Just, I want I want to say on him just one more point. There was things that he did, and uh, I always talk about with my mate Danny about you know kind of this, the way he was and um, the way he was like Mourinho and stuff and the things he did with the players. But there was that that thing what he done where he went four four two away at Blackburn and we lost. That was spite, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even care that we lost. It was just mint the way he done it, where he was just kind of like. Stuck a finger up to fans as if to say, you know, all you Brexit four four two is didn't work. <laughs> like, let me stick to my four two three one. I know what I'm talking about. My continental four two three one. Yeah, that was Elliot mentioning Brexit there. Yeah. Oh, what's happened? God's Elliot. You've been told. You've been told you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Though, are you on Twitter? So yeah, I've been told so. I can't say anything about politics. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to stay away from that now. <laughs> I'll fill. I'll fill in your boots. I'll just say Brexit every now and again. Yeah, thanks. Mate. <laughs> I, I I appreciate it actually. To be fair, but. Yeah, but I, d- I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it or come back eventually, but not now. Not now. When? Just, when do you when do you think there'll be the right time for Frank? Um, near far, wherever you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how long's piece of string really? It's just what yeah. whether he wants to come back and whether it's the right time. It's just like you put your identity in your career on the line. If you if you come back to Millsbury now, or if you come to Millsbury as a manager, you put everything on the line because you can just see the clubs going essentially downhill and I think that's just the honest opinion really it's not I can't be like the Gazette where this the, they're pretty much glorifying everything and saying how well the club's doing commercially we're doing great you know like when you think about the, the red button and stuff like that that's gaining a lot of exposure for like brands and advertisements stuff like that so people don't really realize that but also that they're because they see the numbers on the doors when really a lot more people could be watching it uh, but on the pitch and football wise, we're just a car crash, and that's not like point, uh, Tom Lawrence's performance on Saturday. But it, we have we are really poor, and it's talk about the contract side of things. And we could we had a couple of questions from uh, Carl and Dave, 
and they chat about like um, the danger of players down in tools, like a lot like Macclesfield, Bury, um, obviously they went bust, of course, but Middlesbrough could potentially be in that danger. Nothing came out. They did say in the, in the leagues that there's a few more teams that are flirting with this, you know, this, uh, what's it called, administration talk, so they could potentially be part of it. Obviously, we'd know more about it, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think. The, I think the Gazette are trying to be really optimistic to sympathise with the club when really the optimi- when really the reality is we're a car crash waiting to happen. We're a mess, top to bottom. We need just cleaning up. And to be fair, Carl said the the tweet out and said uh, Middlesbrough in danger of players down in tools, but also Dave mentioned that with fans are fans turning away uh, from the club and players as well. So. It's a big mess, what I'm trying to say, and how do we overcome it? But also, are we actually in a position where it could be like quite worrying with the players' contracts not going to get renewed as much? Like, so they could potentially not be bothered. Fans are starting to turn. It's starting to get a little bit feisty, isn't it? A little bit poisonous. So yeah, it's it, it's not ideal, especially when the the article came out in the uh, Daily Mail about the the whole contract situation with like Matt Bowler on like a one year deal and whatnot, and players key players actually players that have like you know uh, been at Borough for many years and been part of the promotion season the playoff seasons running out of contract and players like we've mentioned in in the podcast um, well earlier on this one actually that are in uh, on big contracts um, big deals you know we we have to hope that they're either going to take a pick or, or they're gone and then you've got to you've got to replace them so it is a massive mess and um, it does <sighs> It does go, come into the the fan unrest, and um, you know it, it was there in the Tony periods. People became completely empathetic. They didn't really care anymore, and I think that's the worst kind of mentality you can have as a fan. But I don't blame anybody that didn't care last season because it was bad, and I wouldn't blame anybody for feeling the same this time around because nothing's really changed for the better. So it is one big mess, and I, I know that they are trying to spin it, you know, maybe to please somebody at Borough, but. The reality is, is that we are in danger. And it is, as Woodgate says, as simple as that. I'll tweet while I'm going to think, but I can't say it on the mic. Um, so, else, are you going to say something? Uh, yeah, I was just going to kind of uh, allude um, more on, on, on kind of the point, really. It's like, um, you know, with the contracts and, and stuff and, and replacing, it's like kind of almost seems like it's kind of going down the Sunderland route and I think if we did that's what go my, down yeah, it's, that's it's what just, my friend said he's a Sunderland fan just, yeah we're just gonna have all the young lads playing which isn't a terrible thing overall um, I think it's just the case that um, I think it's just the case that you know it'll be quite it could be quite exciting you know if we went down and that's the case but obviously as a fan you don't see your club going down really but you know it's not like you said it's not even just the um, the players and stuff that's a car crash and money situation is is hurting and like you say if we don't if they don't take a pay cut and I don't expect many of them will Danny Ayala might he, you know he mm. absolutely loves the area his kids have grown up here um, but it's still you know if you're in any job and you say you know you're going to have to half your wages to stay you're thinking well do I really want to stay that much he's got no affiliation to Teesside he's, okay he's been here seven years and his kids grew up but he's not from here so it's kind of it's tough um and if we do lose a lot of the players it's like you know having the time it's quite a short month in january to get players in um and then if you've got any money from the the sales you've made from them to get players in and have a a squad big enough to compete 
Um, I think centre backs is going to be a big issue if if that's the case. If Shotton was you know halfway out the door um, and Ayala was to leave as well, <laughs> we're left with one a really big mess. Yeah, we're left with one, one centre. Really well, okay, and Nathan Wood. We're left with two Dale Fry and Nathan Wood. Um, and or just George. Yeah, we want we want to play we want to play three at the back. Um, yeah. It's just not going to happen. So. I, would be, I would be interested in the exact financial implications of going down to League One because I do think Borough need a massive reset. And I think the only kind of silver lining, if you like, of Borough being in League One is that they would probably be more able to have that reset and completely turn the club over from top to bottom in that division. Of course, you don't want to see Borough get relegated in any division, but there's that's the silver lining of it but I don't know exactly the financial because if you're still trying to hang on and yeah, like issues. you're saying if you're still trying to hang on and compete in the division that you're in which is probably better for the club financially maybe long term but it's um it's a case of you know you're still you're trying to throw money at things just to get yourself out of a bad situation where like you're saying if you go down and you get rid of all of these players off the books and then you've got the kids in there with a mix of some players you picked up from league 1 um and players who might have stayed on because some sort of you know loyalty to the club or whatever um, and then you go back up. You've kind of you've came up fresh, and you you've came up with a better squad, a squad who are all together because of one promotion together. Um, you haven't got any players on high wages anymore, um, and like as we've been saying, you know the salaries what's killing the club. Then it has kind of been reset in a way, um, and you're hoping obviously at, at the same time of doing that that you've replaced staff if you've needed to, um, and got in a director of football because we've maybe got the money to do that as well. So yeah. I can't believe that we're actually kind of talking up relegation as a good thing here. It's kind of, I said I wanted to touch on it as well. So. <laughs> no, no club's too big to go down. You know, yeah. we've seen Blackburn have gone down, Bolton, Sunderland still in League One. Sheffield United are a massive club. Yeah, Sheffield, and they were in there for a while, weren't they? I remember mm. kept checking the League One table. Leeds have been down there. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, a lot of teams it's have done it. Loads of teams. But you don't want to do it because you no. can ne- might, ne- might never be able to come back. Sunderland last night lost. 2-1 to Leicester City under 21s yeah. like, and they were playing majority of the first time <laughs> like come on man like that's not if that's not worrying I don't know what is mm. but so it, it's like my friend on, on my course is a Sunderland fan and he said that the current Borough situation is very eerily similar to the situation that Sunderland were in players on big money and you know towards the lower ends of the table with a manager who isn't getting the confidence out of the players and all the confidence isn't coming through from the players and we're not scoring I'd love it to, I'd love it to be a Netflix documentary so we can see actually um, what's happened this year so we look back next year and be like yep we're right about that that would be more that would be better because you'd, you'd see the actual what's going on behind the scenes but I was saying the other day it's on Twitter secret-ish. that like wasn't it funny how the club came out and basically dragged the Gazette for saying like misquoting something about Brits on Belong as um the, the fee that it costs for them saying that we're all about clarity and transparency and you know telling the truth and facts and stuff where's this bowler one year contract come from like yeah, yeah. like they used to put something in and their brown articles. as well yeah it's weird isn't it like they used to put something in their articles which say which said like we can't disclose like the length of the contract or the fee of the contract there's nothing now there's no clarity there's no transparency and it's like Again, behind the scenes, like yeah, what, just what like we've so we've signed this this new kid hashtag welcome bowler and now on it like yeah, and they'll be like then you, then someone will write an article like five facts that you didn't know about bowler 
And it'll be like, like that who he cares? Was, yeah, then it'll be like he was born somewhere proper random, and you'd be like, right, nice one. <laughs> Likes TGI Fridays. <laughs> 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 yeah, someone stupid like that. Oh my god, uh, Jed Spence. You just reminded me, of Jed Spence. Like Jed Jarrows. Jed Spence in it. Yeah, team, where, where is he? Jesus. He's still in Manjaros, isn't he? We need a right back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh no, I was on the bench against Man United. But anyway, let's chat and move on to to QPR. We've got ten minutes left, so I have to be quick. Um, I'm going to pass the mic over to you to crack on. Yeah. So um, on QPR, um, sort of the last uh, few games, uh, they haven't sort of uh, done very well themselves. Uh, they've lost the last two, um, losing to Leeds two nil, uh, and then at home to Brentford three one, and then the drew with Reading. Uh, before that, they'd won two. Uh, they beat Blackburn 4-2 and Hull 3-2. So quite a mixed bag from them, really. Um, in terms of sort of the way they set up and, and formation, um, the majority of the season they've been playing a 4-2-3-1. Um, but last game, I don't know, it was kind of due to injuries or whatever, that they played a 5-3-2. Um, so Naki Wells and Jordan Hugel, um, both up front. Um the score, any? Yeah, and they've got Eze Ball, um, some guy with a great surname called Chair. Um, <laughs> no, he isn't. He, he's, he's literally <laughs> called Chair. <laughs> I have no idea who he is. Um, chair. What like Chair or Chair? No, like like what you're sitting on. <laughs> oh, like <Yeah>. Chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's um, so funny. Angel Rangel. Um, who was still play? Uh, he must have been playing in 2003, surely. <laughs> Does Tony Table still play for these as well? We've got Sam City. Yeah, we've got Hall, Leisner, Wallace, and Manning, um, oh and then uh, Kelly in goal. Um, so the squad's sort of on paper. Um, you know, doesn't look great. They're doing well actually in the table. Though. I think they are about eighth, I believe. Is it ninth? Uh, is um, <coughs> level on points with um, Fulham. Uh, so I mean, it's quite tight at the top of the table. It's sort of five points between Preston and second, um, and QBR in ninth. So, um, like you said, so sort of they've done well in the season overall. Last couple of games haven't done it very well. It's not a. I mean, I, I'm sure you've got probably some stats in it, but it's not a happy yeah. hunting ground for. For Borough, I, see, I can't seem to remember the last time we won this. Actually, I don't remember two that stuck out in my mind, which was Leadbitter's uh, shush oh and uh, Mark Yates scoring in a 5-1 win. But other than that, I feel like it's always grim. Mark Yates, God. So, Mark Yates. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of um, all we kind of got on, on QBR, but I, I can't wait for Dana's stats of that we haven't won there, probably. Stat in- of the oh, week, yeah. stat of the yeah. week. Well, I've got two quite different ones, actually. Uh, QPR have uh, conceded at least two goals in the last seven matches in the league. However, we have failed to score in our last four matches, so I don't know what you want to bet on there. Uh, <laughs> either or. Hmm. Um, Borough under 0.5 goals. Borough win 5-1. <laughs> I actually um, I bet against Borough last week. Shh. Oh my don't tell God. anyone. No, no, um, that's probably a good move, I, put, I, put, I put them on my uh, cumulative, probably one of the only teams that won. I put Derby to win to nil. And I got that right, so that's right. Well, you may as well want to put John Hugel on to score because um, he's got seven goals this season. Naki Wells has got seven as well. Um, Eze, who's a really good player, actually, yep. um, has got six goals. He's also got four assists. He's a top assister. Us, on the other hand, Britta Sombolonga, four goals. Paddy Manair, two. Daniel Ayala, one, which is yes. absolutely that is That is grim, that, yes. by the way. It is really bad. Um, that, means, that means between... Britt and McNair, they've scored 
more than half of the team's goals. John Hugo scored the same amount of goals as M3. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, isn't it? He's definitely <laughs> nails around the score he has to. Um, but in terms of um, <clears throat> like head-to-head, we've actually won five out of our last six games against them. Yeah, we have. Really? Yeah, we have. Um, have we? Yeah, the last game... That's a sorry, the last game at Loftus Road, though, we lost. Yeah, I remember that, that last was, season, yeah. Was that when Adama scored? Oh, no, no that, that I remember last season it was oh, like was a 1-0 defeat or 2-0 defeat last year. It was 2-1. Or 2-1, yeah, sorry, yeah. I can't that remember Polish that guy for scored for the Morocco, I never pronounced his name when we were trying to say it last year. It's Tony Table. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Table, we'll go with that. Tony Table. Um, the last win at Loftus Road was yeah. the 3-0 win... In 2018, that will that was the one where Adama scored. All oh, right, okay, yeah. I think well, that was a great moment that when Adama scored. It was, so. wasn't it? It really was. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, I'm looking here: two, two nil, two one, three nil, three two, three two. Then a random one nil. There seems to be goals in this fixture, which means that Borough absolutely nailed on to not score a single one. Probably Brilliant. nailed on nil nil. <laughs> so I've got a couple of minutes left. So can we do your lineups and predictions, please? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, sure, you go first. I'll you never first. go first. I'll go Tommy Mahayas and goal since we've got nine injuries. Obviously, if you've seen what gets pressed, we do have nine people out. Um, so, Tommy Mahayas and goal, bringing back the glory days. Going to have to go probably Housen. Uh, <laughs> Random career mode regen. Uh, <laughs> player one. <laughs> <laughs> a trialist. A trialist. Um <laughs> actually no, I'll go Alright, okay. Um I'll I'll go I'll go with the five three five one one we'll yeah, whatever yeah. we do. Yeah, I can't yeah. see him change it with five two three. Um but housing left back we'll go um Johnson no go Coulson. Go Coulson. Then it's three centre halves. Go with Fry, Ayala and McNair. McNair probably, yeah. Then we'll go three in midfield of Tav Wing. Clayton and then up front we're going to go with oh crap I said Tavana um, can't say Brown either um, oh it's brutal isn't it I'm going to go oh. with you know what I'm going to play two up front I'm going to go with Britta Sombolonga and Steve Walker and then we'll get and we'll get beat 1-0 optimistic um, probably go with the same um, defence <sighs> probably the same midfield as well because there's really uh, not that many options not offended if you copy not offended no I'd go Britton Fletcher oh no he's out isn't he oh god actually can I change Jeez. can I put like Steele right back and then put Houston instead of midfield instead of instead of you know wing get wing out okay. but do we need Clayton in of course we do <laughs> well, we're probably going to have to go with that. you know I'll, I'll copy a team you used, used to play camp Anyway, that's way weird, yeah. Well, I'll score prediction. I'll score prediction. Um, you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say two 0 Laura. Get in two 0 Laura. What's going on here? Yes. I've had some hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's laced with alcohol. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was thinking actually it's a good shout for for Dykesdale at right back. Um, so I'll go Dykesdale. I, I really have. I'm really hating having to put um, McNair centre back because I, I I don't know what else we can do really. Um, put Nathan Wood in there if you want. I'll say it for my team, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I'd, yeah, I'd go Dykesdale, Nathan Wood, Fry, and Ayala, um, Hayden Coulson, um, and then Wing, 
um, as sort of the more of a holding uh, midfielder. Then McNair and Housen, uh, and then Steve Walker playing behind Britt. So I, that's what I'd go with. But Fair enough. It's not going to happen. Um, I'll go two-one QPR. Fair enough. I'm I'm gonna from Dana's stats. You've been miserable lately. No, from in this. from from Dana's stats. I feel like we're finally gonna get a goal, but it's not gonna amount to anything. Which is, yeah, let's get the false hope. We'll score first, and uh, QPR will get two. Fair enough. Right, guys, thank you very much. That wraps things up. Um, as always, guys, like, share, subscribe to the War Breakdown channel. Um, if you don't follow the pages on Facebook or anything like that, give us a follow. Um. Yeah, give us a five-star rating and comment on the review section on, on iTunes and our podcasts. And um, that helps us get found by other Borough fans. Also helps us get charted. Um, and that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you very much. Mills will have nine players injured for Saturday. I better get my boots on. See you Saturday. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the area. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravanelli spots out. Emerson! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.